0: This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by the Top Producer Summit, held February 5th through 7th in Kansas City. Register now for a schedule packed with the nation's top farmers and leaders speaking on important industry topics. All at the 2024 Top Producer Summit in Kansas City. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McCrae. Many of us listening to this broadcast are either from or live near small towns. We depend on those places for our schools, groceries, supplies, and much more. But what do you do when buildings sit empty, sometimes for long periods of time? This small town had a unique way to start businesses and help their community meet the needs of its citizens. That's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by the 2024 Top Producer Summit. I'm a farmer that likes to learn, and there are a lot of options out there, both online and in person, to gain knowledge on all kinds of topics that impact agriculture. One place I'll be this winter to grow and learn is the Top Producer Summit, held February 5th through 7th in Kansas City. Each year, you can count on the Top Producer Summit to bring together some of the nation and world's top farmers and ag leaders to discuss, share, and learn from one another. It's a jam-packed schedule with topics of interest to just about everyone. And with a location central in the country, it's a place many of us can get to without a long trip. I'll be at the Top Producer Summit once again, and I hope you'll join me to get the latest tips and trends on critical topics in agriculture. Just go online to register for the Top Producer Summit 2024 in Kansas City. Regardless of the size of the town you call home, many of us deal with a lack of critical businesses, which in turn leave several storefronts vacant. It's easy to say it's just the way things are, but such a view may jeopardize the opportunities of our farm, business, and future generations to make it a viable option to live and raise a family. I recently went to Sumner, Iowa, where I sat down with Marcy Bergman, who owns two businesses and works at Northeast Security Bank, Ashley Eckenrod, who owns a business in town, and Holly Schummel, a paramedic and former business owner. They call themselves the Library Club, and they like working on a variety of projects in their small town. We discussed what they and others did to put businesses back in their vacant storefronts. It's an idea that could easily be replicated. I began by asking Holly about the project. So we're in Sumner, Iowa. First of all, let's talk about how big Sumner is and perhaps maybe some of the challenges you were facing as we headed into 2000. That's when some of this story begins to take place.
1: Sumner's a, a town of about 1,900, a little over 1,900 right now. Uh, we have one major manufacturing company, and we have a very aging population, so we're trying to attract younger people, younger couples, families to Sumner.
0: So as we look back five years or so, did you have several open storefronts? Was that one of the things that as you looked at Sumner and we said, we need to fill some spots here?
1: Uh, we had seven open storefronts, and through people encouraging us and us saying what are we going to do for our town we came up with a what could be tour
0: idea so let's talk about this tour because that's why we're here in in Sumner so how did this idea come up was it something that you all had seen somewhere else or how did you begin to put this together Marcy
2: Um, the three of us kind of have a little group and just all to ourselves and we call it the library group for some odd reason. So we had a library meeting one morning and we were like, what are we going to do? Our community, like we don't want our community to die. And then we sat around and brainstormed and thought, well, what if we did these vacant building tours and made it like a real estate open house, you know, like when you're selling your house and we can get people into the community, uh, tour each of the buildings, uh, tell the story behind the buildings. Get print out spec sheets so people that may be interested would have a little bit of knowledge about what each of those buildings could be, and what they could be used for.
0: So, when you started this, then were you working with the owners, real estate agents, or how did you begin to cobble this together?
2: Um, we started with uh, one owner to see if they would let us, because one owner or, owned two. Um, of the largest storefronts, and both of those were double storefronts, so four, in essence, businesses could go into there. And they owned both of those properties for probably at least fifteen years. So we we approached them, and we I had been in the upstairs level of one of those commu- or one of those buildings, um, and architecturally it's quite amazing. So we we told them that hey, we wanted to do some tours up there, and we would like to go through each of those. Um, upstairs and give some history of those and took a little bit of convincing because um, one of the stores was full of debris from 50 years worth of other business owners. So we actually, we went on a limb and said, hey, we'll find volunteers and we can do that. We'll clean it up. Um, So she said yes. And it kind of started from there. And then we invited more store or more owners of the vacant buildings into the project as we were
0: moving along. So then you have a date when this is going to all happen, and you begin to then advertise, publicize. Is that what begins to happen? Ashley?
3: Um, first, we did a survey to see what um, our community members wanted for businesses in town. And two of those results were a brewery and a bakery. So we decorated one of the businesses storefronts to look like a brewery and one to look like a bakery and that i think helped attract people as well because it just gave them a vision of truly what could be in this storefront and then we basically just took to social media and we invited um, neighboring communities business owners Um, we reached out to area breweries and bakeries within like an hour away probably Um, some contractors and really community members um, came and we encouraged them to come even if they themselves didn't want to purchase it. You never know who knows someone who might have a cousin that is looking to expand their business or open a second location or start something new.
0: You mentioned the survey and I had read a bit about that. Talk about what happened because you had a pretty good survey response that looked like what did you learn from surveying the community?
2: So the survey gave us a lot of information about what types of businesses that we needed to um, attract to our downtown, and we actually did a pretty good job looking back at the survey of of what happened from that. You know, the the main one was a brewery, a bakery, a coffee shop, which we have all three of those now. Um, We needed more restaurants. Um, we now have a family restaurant that opened a little over a year ago, maybe. And then, um, there was also a survey response for an ethnic restaurant. And two years ago, we have our first Mexican restaurant in town. So it, I think it just gave a top of the mind awareness of what we actually need. Oh, and another thing we need a woman's boutique. And so we have two of those now in town. Um, so I think that top of the mind awareness got people thinking that, oh, yeah, um, that might be a good place for, for me to start a business.
3: And also for existing businesses to possibly expand or carry more, more product catered towards what our demographic wants.
0: For towns listening to this, how did you do the survey? Was it, you know, social media or what did you do to get this out there?
3: We did um,
2: a survey, Monkey. So we had the the link out there, but we did put it in the newspapers. We also put it in our city utility bills. um, And we even had some people that didn't have internet that had come to the bank and wanted help with that. So we would log on for them and then kind of ask them each question and they would do that. So between social media and the newspaper and the city utility bills, we thought we had a really good response.
0: So then when you have the tour, was this just a one-day type of thing, one time, or how did this all work then? And you had people at each location to kind of shuttle them through, so to speak?
1: We did have um, one day, very few hours, um, and we also got people interested in the community to give the tours. So they got a history of the building, and then they led the tours through. Um, It was beyond our belief on the response. Um, We also brought in a food truck and that did phenomenally he prepared for we told him 250 250 people and he sold out at 400 and some 50 (laughs) yeah um and we had live music so we had other attractions besides the buildings and we opened up the businesses also so
0: so after this happens then was there immediate response from people saying i like this or what or kind of give us the 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 idea of what happens after this then
1: it definitely gave the community a buzz, especially when we did the windows. Um, they were like, what's going on? What's going on? You know, and Marcy's gone to a couple of lectures that if you start something, people catch on. They just they just need a little inching forward. And uh...
3: But I would say it wasn't right away. Definitely, we didn't occupy the storefronts right away. I think it was just more about creating awareness mm-hmm. to these things and not even saying that what we did truly sold a building because we didn't have an offer or anything like that it was just to bring awareness that we have these awesome storefronts and a lot of potential and our community showed up and even if they were just being nosy and wanted to see the cool architecture or see some of the different things or just curious about oh my gosh I've never I've never seen the inside of that upstairs or it just triggered something in their mind and went from there
2: one other thing that we did after the tour is we started to do something big every year. So the next thing that we did the following year, we did a uh, we did a farm-to-table event where we invited community members, got sponsors, and the whole plan was to give away all of the money that we raised in an effort to put back into our community. So the first one that we did raised money to help um, – the green space we call it the green space on the corner of main street and to build or and to paint a mural and that kind of helped a lot and then the next year we gave money to the daycare and last year we did it to the tri-county sports complex so we're trying to do an event each year to keep the momentum going
0: and when you say that we are doing this is it just this group of three or do you have an organized group that makes this happen
2: it's ultimately the, the three of us, um, for starters, and then, like, we just come up with the ideas and then invite other, like, Accelerating Sumner into the group to help us. Um, and we also get volunteers every year for um, serving the people at the Farm to Table event. So there's, there's a lot of people involved to make it come to fruition and to sell the tickets and things like that, but we kind of come up with the idea and then asking other community members to be involved in that
0: it just takes effort and a little bit of time but you've made some neat things happen just the three of you than it sounds like
2: yeah it's, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun and we're we're dreaming right now of what what's our next step for this year to keep the momentum going
0: as we think about the tour one piece that we have not talked about that I think is pretty important and some towns don't think about is, is you, sh- you toured these buildings you also toured the upstairs of about each one, did you talk about then what the upstairs could be and and so forth?
2: Yes, yes, we did, and we got the history of what was up there before. Um, so when when the volunteers had gone through the building, we were like, in this in this part, we want you to talk about this and what was in this part, and this was apartments and and so on and so forth. Um, but we also we have three other upstairs or second level loft apartments or loft homes. And those owners allowed us to go in and take pictures. So we had big mood boards available to see what that could be. And we also had a local, um, our lumber yard Sumner building. Um, they actually drew two, two spec blueprints of what apartment buildings could look like in that space. And we printed those out for people as well. So not only could they see exactly what could be in that space for today, they could also see the visual pictures of what three other upper story living units look like today.
0: You mentioned that perhaps the response wasn't immediate, but yet as we sit here today, many of these are full. What has happened since then? Would you say that certainly more are full than used to be and you have new businesses that began? Is that right?
1: Out of the buildings that have been looked at, um, all of them are full. Uh, One of them is currently having a brewery put into
0: it. Um, We've brought new businesses to town. Well, and the people that did this, were they local? Were they from outside of town, a mix? Who ended up purchasing and putting businesses in these buildings?
1: Um, yeah, we've had a couple come in from Minnesota. Two couples come in from Minnesota. Um, a lady from Dyke had come this way. Really? And then Reedland So, yeah, mainly out of town.
0: I'm curious, how did they hear about it? Was it word of mouth? Were any of them part of the tour, or was it word of mouth, or what happened?
1: Word of mouth, and uh, the people that work in the businesses that are currently in Sumner are huge promoters of Sumner. Um, there's one particular lady that gets the buzz going about how nice it is to live in Sumner and all of our amenities, and and she's been instrumental in bringing two of those to this, the town.
0: People listening to this, uh, and if they've not been to Sumner, I'm betting the three of you would say, well, Sumner's a nice place to live, but perhaps it's not that much different than many other small Midwestern towns. So, what is it that's bringing people to Sumner when, because there's lots of empty storefronts and lots of different towns. So, what is the magic that has happened in Sumner, do you believe?
3: I think one thing that kind of sets us apart from other communities is our businesses truly work together. We plan open house events throughout the year, and it's community over competition. That's something that our businesses, I think, all agree with and run with, and we all work together. And I've had other business owners and other communities come to me in my business and say how do you do this we try to do something and we it doesn't take off and i just say you need to reach out to other business owners in your town and or go to your city or just reach out and start the buzz yourself
0: well as business owners uh, around the table here Are there some specific things that you all try to do that you find that other places aren't doing? How do you, in a sense, support one another? Because sometimes we'd say, well, if I support someone else, it might take business away from me.
2: Well, this year we tried something new, and we asked four businesses to um, provide one item that we could put in a gift box. So we had a gift box that could be purchased for Christmas time that had – Like I said, one item from four different businesses in there. And then we made a postcard talking about how shopping small supports our community. And then on the flip side of that, we had pictures and bios of each of the business owners and what they have to offer. And I think for the first year, it went over fairly decent. We'll see if we can increase those sales for next year. But I got a lot of feedback from the people that bought them. That What a neat idea that you guys all work together, and each of us, each of our businesses that participated in that had a specific number that they were trying to sell.
0: Marcy, I'm curious, with your role at, at Northeast Security Bank, and you have different locations in Iowa, is this something that it was mostly, hey, I just want to do this, or... Obviously, the bank wants to support small businesses, and it, it helps the bank. Has the bank then or different banks in the area been a part of trying to make this happen because financially it makes sense for us to do these types of things?
2: Yeah, we've we've been fortunate to have opportunities to help um, finance some of these small businesses, but the bank has also been a great supporter of of our efforts and volunteerism and on Wednesday, I was gone for half of the day at another speaking event, and um, they they just encouraged that. And the bank has also been a big participant in sponsoring monetarily projects that we're trying to do.
0: What do you do for those that maybe grew up here, maybe have never had a business? Is there a way that you try to mentor or shepherd folks that may say, I kind of like to do this, but I don't know really what to do? Do you have a way to help them?
2: Wednesday, we just had a... Um, meeting with all of the high school students on letting them know that we want them to stay in our community after they're done graduating and they get their education, and we hope that they come back. Um, One of the takeaways of that were the students wanted to know mentoring opportunities just like you're talking about. So we just got that feedback on Wednesday, so we're exploring that of what that could look like.
0: As you think about then who is supporting these businesses, obviously you hope local folks do that, but how do you attract people from maybe further away that want to just come visit or come every once in a while? You've done some thinking about that too.
3: Yeah, um, a large amount of our shoppers is truly people from our community and which we love and you know encourage everyone to support local. But we do draw a large number of people from other communities, neighboring towns, sometimes well over an hour, come to Sumner for a shopping experience. And our businesses, when I say we work together, we truly do. Because if someone comes in, you find out just in small conversation, oh, what brings you guys to Sumner today? Oh, you're out for the girls' day? Well, make sure you stop at stores X, Y, and Z while you're in town. And across the street is a great place for lunch. And, you know, when people come to town, you hope that they stop at the grocery store and pick up milk before they head home or fill up their car with gas or they notice other shops, and even if they don't purchase something necessarily that day that they come to town, there's a very good chance that they will be back, and they'll bring more friends with them.
0: What about other communities, then, because you want to thrive, but it's not at the expense of others, how have you worked with surrounding communities,
3: then? Um, I think all of us probably have ties to other communities, as well, whether we've worked in another community or just know people, Um, and neighboring communities have reached out to us to see, I see what you guys are doing in town and we've noticed, and we want to do that as well. So we've invited them to come tour our communities and meet with them. And we literally just bounce ideas off of them or instead of recreating the wheel, it's getting it going again.
0: Unless this community is unlike every other community I've visited. I'm betting you have some people that are negative or naysayers and say this won't work and so forth. What do you do? Because every community struggles with that, and sometimes they get mired deep in that. How do you overcome some of those challenges?
1: With a lot of positive attitude. Um, we go by the motto of, if you're, if you're going to join us, that's great, but if not, then get out of our way. We're going to make some progress. So we love our community. We love the people in our community. Um, I think once you get a positive buzz, the positive buzz just carries on as long as you're adding to it.
0: Well, you have enough people that are, I guess, behind that effort that even if there are some people that aren't, they can kind of (laughs) overcome that then? Yeah.
3: I think also if people are negative or not seeing the big picture, invite them to something that we have going on. Let them come out and see that we just did this awesome storefront tour. And yeah, really, we didn't know if anyone was going to show up. We made it a goal. Marcy was going to invite 10 people and tell them to invite 10 people. And I had to invite 10 people and also tell them to invite 10 people. Same with Holly, just to make sure people came, but when the day came down to it, what if no one comes? And the community showed us otherwise and they came and they supported.
0: Before we wind up for those that may be listening and say, well, I would like to make something happen like this where I live, how should they get started? How would you suggest they they do it whether they've even begun any of this or not?
2: I'd say they could contact any one of us and we'd be more than happy to talk about that or to talk about Um, the ways that we have gone about this, and we'd love to share ideas with them.
3: And I would also say, find someone that's like-minded and wants to see change in your community and wants to see it grow and start the conversation. Literally just takes starting the conversation and you never know who's going to be on your side, supporting you and your cause and your community.
2: I would also suggest that whatever you do to start, start something small and manageable and You just have to get that momentum going.
0: I know that you all aren't necessarily looking for a pat on the back, but if you look back five years or maybe even ten, are you amazed at some of what has happened here?
1: I think it's not only improved us as people and human beings, but improved the community. The other thing that we've gone about um, with our projects is beautifying the town. And that's what the planters just having people spruce up their buildings a little bit. Um, we've been known to get a paintbrush out, ask a business owner if we can paint a building, and do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: no. and, they say yes. and they say yes, they yes. like oh, the yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and you, you all just do that, or you find the people to go do that and volunteer to do it.
1: We do that, so that's clean their windows. <laughs> but you, <laughs> when them. we did that, two other businesses painted their buildings outside, so it just. A positive a vibe. Down. Yep, yep. Positive vibe.
2: For that particular building that we're talking about, it was one that we saw a lot of potential in, and we approached it not, we approached it with a gentle attitude of like, hey, we're working really hard in our community to spruce up our downtown, and just noticed that maybe a fresh coat of paint on that door would be great. Would you mind if we did that? Which and they led were into
1: fixing the door, which led into fixing. The trim, which, <laughs> <laughs> which we did.
0: <laughs> Where do you find the money to do some of this? Is it just you all kicking in, or how does this happen?
1: Kicking in. Yeah. 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 We
0: just- all right. Yeah, and that's fine. And, and probably not talking, though, I mean, a little paint here and there, and yes, it's a few dollars, but you're probably not talking about huge dollars. A lot of times it's just time. Is that right?
1: Not huge
3: dollars. <laughs> that project was not no. huge dollars. Um, but other projects that we've done have cost more and we work with some area organizations too if we need a little bit of money hey does anyone want to help us with this or sponsor this we're okay asking them and usually they come through for us
0: well congratulations on all you've accomplished i appreciate the time and wish you the best thank Thank you. you i enjoyed my visit to sumner one thing i really liked about the tour of those vacant buildings a few years back is that they began with a survey of the community learning what people wanted and needed in their town. Then they made the storefronts look like that type of business. There's a way to generate interest and thoughts on what could be. And today, while not all buildings are full, many more are. And they have some of the very things people wanted to see. I know all of these ladies would be happy to visit with you and share more information. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Remember, you can hear these shows in a variety of ways on many local radio stations, on your favorite podcast platform, Or just go to farmingthecountryside.com where you can find past shows of interest as well. I appreciate you joining me. I'm Andrew McCray. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by the Top Producer Summit, held February 5th through 7th in Kansas City. Register now for a schedule packed with the nation's top farmers and leaders speaking on important industry topics. All of the 2024 Top Producer Summit in Kansas City.